Hey guys, my name is Mark Cox. I took what was $2,000 of loaned money from school and turned it into over $750,000 while in college. Now that I'm out of college and graduated, I day trade for a living and teach people just like you how to trade and get financial freedom or at least get another source of income. With my system, you not only get courses that teach you all the basics and what you need to know before jumping into stocks, but also you're going to learn how to do everything the right way and work with me personally. As long as you have a cell phone or a computer, you can learn how to trade right from anywhere in the world as long as you have Wi-Fi. So join me, get started now, and let's become a profitable trader. Well, I think the one thing that discipline definitely does help you with is it helps you get things done. And when you get things done, when you, you, you actually do things, you, 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 you have more success. If you have more success, and sometimes a, a big part of success is just not being fucking lazy and just doing it. Yeah. Just get, that's like 90% of it is just showing up. Get there and start working. Like, you're not going to feel perfect every day. If I felt, if I only worked out when I felt good, I'd be a fat fuck. Because there's a lot of days I don't want to do it. If it's pretty much the same with everybody that, if, that actually gets good at something. You, you get, there's got to be those days you push through. And they're, they're probably going to be more numerous than the days you don't. And so the benefit of discipline in my eyes has always been that through discipline, I get things done. Yeah. I always tell my, I always say that I'm like the most lazy, disciplined person I know. Because I don't want to do it. Yeah. But I, I always do. One of the big problems is sitting down and doing the work. Mm -hmm. And you, you got to, and Pressfield talks about that. It, it, in the most concise and beautiful way and he labels it like an enemy he calls it resistance mm -hmm. you know and that you have to sit down and you have to overcome resistance and that the pro goes to work and it doesn't matter if you're sick doesn't matter if you have kids it doesn't matter what you you're a pro and you go to work and that and that just it puts it in your head that this is what I do this is what, and you have pride in that. And then when you are in front of that keyboard, and you're, you're, you got, you look down the count. It says, I got fuck a thousand words today. I put a thousand words in. You, yeah, and yeah. you, you, you're doing the work. Yeah. And out of that work, gems blossom. Yeah. Little things, but you might have a day where you just write nothing but dog shit. So what? Show up again tomorrow, and tomorrow out of that dog shit, a flower will emerge. You never know. And that's the only way to develop real. Like, to, to really develop your potential 100% in anything, whether it's as an author or even as a martial artist, there's a lot of creativity in martial arts. To be a great striker, you have to be creative because you have to, you have to develop patterns or execute patterns that are, aren't going to be perceived. This idea that life is hard is something you're supposed to shield from them, it's so silly. And, you know, I've had this conversation with my friends because uh, everybody that I know that's interesting had a fucked up life. But, but now we have kids, and the last thing we want is our kids to have a fucked up life. So we put our kids in these good schools, we live in these nice neighborhoods, everybody eats healthy, and there's no fucking domestic violence, and everybody seems, it's, it's so different than all of our lives. And we were talking about it, me and Brian Callen were actually talking about it, like, look, we all had fucked up childhoods, and everybody we know had fucked up childhoods. And they're all interesting, but I don't want my kids to be boring, but I also want them to be safe. <laughs> so it's like, how do you, how do you approach that?
I mean, I think you get involved. This what I've chosen to do is get my kids involved in martial arts and 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 uh, and give them the opportunity to pursue difficult things and understanding that through pursuing these difficult things, like in accomplishing stuff, like you you learn something about yourself. You learn that you have this ability inside of you to overcome. Get obsessed with life improvement. Find things that you enjoy doing that are difficult. Do them and get better at them. Seems so simplistic. It seems like a ridiculous, idealistic point of view, but it's effective. Well, you need some form, some amount of pride and some amount of ego to get good at things in the first place, because it's it's such a counterintuitive notion. Because you have to have a belief in yourself. You have to be able, like when you when you first when you start out at jujitsu, you're a white belt. Like I remember being a white belt and being like, oh my god, I am fucking never gonna get good at this. I'm gonna suck forever. But to to to, to look at people who are better than you and know. They had to have sucked at one point in time. Okay, there's got to be there's somewhere along the end of this tunnel. There's got to be a light. I just got to keep going. Yeah, and uh, that no, takes no. ego. And, and right? ego, yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, ego drives you know you to be successful, me to be successful. Ego is what's driving you. The problem is when you let ego go too far. Yeah, and you know everything. You know everything takes balance. I mean, there's a dichotomy in everything. Every part of you has a dichotomy you know you can get so into the physical aspects of things that you end up like doing a bunch of steroids and going crazy and ruining your health right yeah. that's that's not good right the other end of the spectrum you know you can sit around and play video games and turn into a bodybuilding is a great example of that because when you start lifting weights you're like god ah, i'd like to be stronger and you start getting a little bit bigger you're like oh look at that i got a muscle whoo this is cool and then you keep going and then you keep going but some guys get so fucking crazy yeah. they won't stop until they have 22 inch arms and they want to have thighs that are so big they have to walk like they're they've got a barrel in between their <laughs> legs and you know and they they just can't help it they just take it to some completely unhealthy place yeah that's uh that's rough yeah well it's it's just the nature of trying to get good at something you got to recognize what's good and what is just fucking insane for some people especially they're just experiencing way too much pressure and that that pressure a lot of times it's just a, an imbalance in perspective and some of it's in, like uh, I was talking to this mom once uh, her daughter uh, does gymnastics with my daughter and we were talking about um, kids killing themselves where she used to live she used to live in um, one of the really wealthy tech areas outside of San Francisco and a bunch of kids that went to school with her daughter that were like 15 16 were jumping off bridges and shit like it was a, a like an epidemic and they were trying to figure out what the fuck is going on and they're literally calling it affluenza that these affluent kids and their their families are literally worth a billion dollars you know I mean everybody's super rich and they're having this insane pressure like before high school and in high school to be in Ivy League schools and to get 4.0s and all and they're fucking they're not having any fun and they're not experiencing life and they don't have any hope and their parents are all on fucking pills and they're just killing themselves for some people out there that aren't feeling good man if you just fucking struggled more you get over that struggle you feel better it sounds so simplistic but I'm, I swear by it I yeah. felt shitty myself and then forced yeah. myself to work out and after I get out of there I'm like whoa 100% fucking it's a 100% guarantee
It's hard for people to break momentum too. Momentum that's good momentum or momentum that's bad momentum. When I get uh, like when I get on a good groove or working out all the time, I feel it. Like after I'm done working out, I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to get in there again. I can't wait to work out again. That's the good momentum. But then there's that bad momentum, like you get injured or something like that, and you can't do anything for a couple of weeks, and then to, to try to get that kickstart that motor up again, yeah. it's the it's hard to get momentum. There's a lot of people that are eating shit food, and then by the end of the day, your body's in a crisis. Yep, yep. Your body's just processing all this bullshit. And if you're eating a big, like, bullshit lunch filled with nonsense, like, your body's got to process all that stuff. And so at the end of the day, yeah, you're going to lose your willpower. So, like, when 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock rolls around, you're going to be tired. But if you have a healthy lunch... And you know you're you're properly fueled, and then you also have positive people in your life. Everyone's motivated. By the end of the day, you're gonna feel good. Whatever the fuck your thing is, just go and do it. Just force yourself to do it. And if you feel like shit because you ate lunch, then your lunch was you know filled with bullshit. Well then, hey dummy, don't eat shitty lunch tomorrow. Tomorrow try a nice salad. Yeah. You know, try a salad with some salmon and see how you feel then. You're like, hey, I feel way better today at 6 o'clock. Duh. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. your decision making will be better. Like, they, people don't understand how significant it is. Like, all these little decisions, they, those are like the, that's the path for the rest of your existence on Earth. And if you decide to go to fucking Cheetos chocolate chip cookie route, you're, you're, you're just making a shit path. You're carving your fucking path through broken rocks and glass and it's not the way to go. You know what else doesn't exist in a day-to-day -day life? What, a place where it's okay to be a man. <laughs> it's actually okay to yeah, be a yeah. man. It's okay to have man thoughts. Like yeah. everybody's so, so toned down and neutered. It's like human resources and and corporate life has watered down people's natural behavior to the point where people are just dying on the inside, sitting in these fucking cubicles, rotting. Yeah. Just freaking the fuck out, having all these thoughts they can't entertain, having to pretend to be someone they're, they're not all day long, putting on this bullshit way of talking, this fake way of thinking. Everybody's got to subscribe to whatever fucking ridiculous policies their company wants to enforce. And you're just a robot, and you get out of there, and you just want to scream. It's this fear of discomfort. People have this extreme feeling in their mind. Uh, when it comes to their associations with exercise. They want to avoid discomfort. They feel like any type of exercise is just like something to be avoided. That's not for me. Fuck that. I don't want to sweat. I don't want to strain. And a lot of times this association that they have is about the beginnings of getting in shape. It's not about once you're actually fit. Because once you're actually fit, exercise is something you look forward to. It's an alleviation of stress. It's it feels great. Like, if I can't get a workout in, I'll, I look at my schedule. I go, oh, shit, I don't have any time for a workout, which means I'm not going to get that good feeling. And so instead of looking at it like, oh, I've got to go grunt and sweat, I'm thinking I'm not going to feel good. I'm not going to feel relaxed. I'm not going to feel carefree. And I'm not going to feel even appreciative. Like, my appreciation of things, and it gets enhanced greatly after exercise. I just feel better. I feel like I can take things in for what they are rather than... You know, whatever the, whatever sensory data that I'm getting from any event is just uh, one more distraction that gets in my way. And, and you know, that that's a lot of times how I look at things if I'm overstressed or if I'm working too much. Like our bodies, for whatever reason, uh, most people, their associations are to avoid anything that's uncomfortable. But it's so illogical because when you look at 
comfort and you look at success and progress and the eventual the feelings of accomplishment and of getting past certain hurdles and in, in terms of like how you feel about life a lot of those are connected to discomfort like discomfort is your friend it really is like discomfort and uh, and not being happy and content with certain situations in life or certain feelings in life they're massive massive motivators and they're they're amazing at at facilitating change and yet our instinct is to avoid those and just sit on the couch and watch some fucking reality show about dudes who make moonshine with our jaw open like it's it's bizarre and for me at least when i get when i get like really disciplined and really um i get really consistent with my workouts one of the things that i feel i almost feel momentum i feel like there's like a push behind me like all right we're you know like after i get out of the gym i have a really good workout i'm like yeah now i'm doing it i'm doing it all the time now and i'm looking forward to the next time and it makes that resistance much weaker and it makes my motivation and my discipline much stronger i think a totally. lot of it is based on just the consistency you know it's one of the things that i talked about recently on the podcast i said you know like blowing something off it's not just not good like blowing off uh, a, an exercise uh, that you planned is not just bad for you physically it's also bad mentally because then that option is now available the option to fuck off is available and you did it before and you're probably going to do it again and you'll get mediocre results not just in that aspect of your life but maybe in all aspects of your life because i think that option to fuck off when you embrace it that is a pathway that you might choose when it comes to dealing with conflict in your personal life dealing with business decisions dealing with uh, career decisions like an uncomfortable decision that you might be uh, faced with where you, maybe you need to make a change as far as like what your, your pathway is in life but you don't do it instead you fuck off and that the inclination to fuck off i think that gathers momentum as well the inclination to be disciplined that comes with momentum too and i think both things like you did you take a path like the path of the healthy person or the path of the fuck off like this is not like your body is like a race car that you can juice up yourself like you can add the fat tires you can add the improved suspension you can beef up the horsepower in the engine you could do all that yourself or you could just choose to have this shitty body that's always falling apart on you cuz we're essentially ecosystems you know and we're we're in charge this weird consciousness that has all this resistance and has all this inclination towards comfort and fucking off and blowing things off is what is in charge of making all these things happen that keep this ecosystem healthy it's almost like if earth itself had like a shitty manager you know if like there was a manager of a natural manager of earth that was like oh god who cares if it rains Oh god, you know like let's let, you know I'm I'm going to stop growing things. I don't give a shit anymore. It's all stupid anyway. I mean it's literally like the the just blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's just kill all the life. What well, it's all going to die eventually. I mean the the sun only lasts 7 billion years. And... You see that is the perspective a lot of people take with aging where it's yeah. like well, you're going to die, you're going to age, you can't stop aging and it's like yes, you're right, but that's not the point. The point is to age better like that's the point the point is to increase your health span you know and that is we know is possible like that can there's some there's some of these like centenarians and super centenarians i've seen that are like 
in, you know, over a hundred years old and they're like riding bikes and racing and it's like yeah they're old they are very old but they're experiencing a very good quality of life yeah and they're experiencing a quality of life that these other people that don't exercise feel they physically feel their own body diminishing and they just feel it's inevitable it's just it is what it is you're wasting your time you're out there running around but no, we're not because this experience right now it's not like no one's under the illusion that you're gonna live forever but you are enhancing the experience that you're currently involved in right now and you are alive right. you are alive you do experience this life but do you experience this life optimally is it is it as enjoyable as it can be and we all know that there's a spectrum for that enjoyability like we've all had times in our life where it's not been so great and then times in our life where everything came together like what a fucking great day woo like make more of those like you can make more of those and right. then the whole thing's better and I think when that whole thing is better it affects everybody you touch everybody it's around you everybody you come in contact with and that in turn I mean it sounds so grandiose but in in turn can affect the entire race of human beings I've always wondered um, if the depression that people see in mass today there's so much depression that people uh, I mean there's a co it's a common trait like it's it's a common condition oh he suffers from depression oh she suffers from depression like oh he's got herpes you know you know what i mean it's like it's a it's a common thing i've always wondered or i've been wondering more and more recently um it really hit me when have you ever seen uh Heinmo's arctic adventure this guy lives in this incredibly remote area of the arctic national wildlife refuge in uh, the Alaskan interior and he he lives in this really small log cabin and he hunts and gathers and that's all he does and he's very smart like he's not a dummy at all and he's been up there he lives with his wife and his he raised children up there and it's really really there's some dark moments in there because they lived like this from the time like when they had children up there and they lost their two-year-old baby in a fucking canoe like they tipped over in a in a canoe and mm -hmm. lost their kid and it's like it's really intense when they revisit the site and leave flowers and it was like 30 years ago and they had several children since then but this moment is still like this intense moment sure. of loss for them when they lost their baby but this fucking guy is very happy and very very smart and very connected and very articulate and he firmly believes that human beings when we evolved and developed and were hunter-gatherers that there's a set of rewards there's a reward systems that are set up inside the human body inside the, the the very being that we embody that don't get met in today's society and it's one of the things that's causing depression one of the things that's causing this funk that people are in is that we're living our lives many of us at least in these very unfulfilling ways where you're going to this office with artificial light and you're doing something you don't want to do all day long and then you get home and you're tired and on top of that you're eating shit you're eating potato chips and you're drinking soda and your body is just like what in the fuck is this we're supposed to be out in the fields we're supposed to be walking up hills we're supposed to be looking for animals or gathering vegetables we're supposed to be doing all these things that our body's designed to do we're supposed to be in nature yeah and nature is like a medicine like it literally is a medicine to you like oh, people yeah. people that go 
You don't have to go hunting. You don't have to go fishing. Just go fucking hike, man. Just go hike up to the top of a mountain and look out. You know, there's a reward that you get from that that is intensely, like, soul-filling. Mm -hmm. There's, like, something about, like, when I was in Colorado, and there was this, um, this area of Boulder where you drive up one of these roads, and there was this area where you could park. And it was this incredible view, man. And these people just park and just go out there and just look. But you get there and you park and you go, fuck. Because you would see, you're, you're literally seeing the continental divide. These snow-capped mountains in July. Yeah. In July, it's covered with snow. Because those mountains don't give a it's fuck. Perspective. Oh. You know, just this whole new perspective on it. And I think nature, I think the ease of suffering is always in presentness. You know, when you're in presentness, truly locked in, in presentness, there is no suffering. There can be pain, but no suffering. Suffering is, an, is something created by our own minds. And mm. I think nature is one of the great ways to do this. Because humans... We, we learn, we take cues from our environment. And nature, as I was saying earlier, is always in the present. You know, there's this natural presentness of all the animals, everything around you. Whereas if you get around a bunch of people watching housewives and stressed about this and popping pills, you're going to take on that energy too. And you're going to lose your presentness because of your surroundings. So it's like this ultimate regrounding tool where we get back to, ah, present moment again. Yeah. You know, and that's such a fucking key element to human happiness. And I think the other key element is having something we're, we're fighting for, you know, having a mission. I think we're all forces and that force needs to have an effect, needs to have a reason that it's moving in a certain direction. And I think with all of our needs and all of our needs met, you know, where we don't have to hunt for food, we don't have to acquire everything. Everything's relatively easy and it's all about advancement and all this. We've lost a lot of the basic mission, which was the mission to survive and procreate. You know, so and we haven't replaced it with any other universal mission, which is, I think, one of the the big allures of these things like wars and these things like creating an enemy. Well, at least then you have a mission. And mm. when you have a mission, human beings are happy. You know, like uh, Bertrand Russell talked about he did a book Conquest of Happiness and he had his own fucked up attributes. Every time I bring him up, people talk about his fucked upness. He like, was into phrenology and he might have been a racist, whatever, but he was a good <laughs> philosopher. Smoked constantly. Uh, yeah. But, but anyways, he talked about the happiest person he knew. The happiest person he could find was a groundskeeper on a manor who every day woke up and was at war with the rabbits of the grounds. <laughs> he just declared that the rabbits were the fucking enemy and he would go out with his gun and he would hunt as many as possible and he'd go morning till, till night and he would kill as many rabbits as he could because it was his, the rabbits were the ones eating the hedges and the flowers and whatever. So he basically made the rabbits his enemy and struck out every single day to kill as many rabbits as possible. And that dude, according to Bertrand Russell, was happy as fuck. He had a task. He had a task. He had a purpose. You know, he had a mission. My mission is to destroy the rabbits. I used know? to have a dog like that. <laughs> yeah? I had a, the happiest dog ever. His name was Frank Sinatra. <laughs> and uh, he was a pit bull that all he lived for was killing lizards. And my <laughs> house, my old house, not the house of it now, but my old house, had this uh, one... Um, it's like uh, on a hill, and there's this one wall where these lizards would run up the wall. And so Frank... I would literally let him out in the morning, and he would fucking bolt out that door. It's like, time to go to war. Like, <laughs> and he would run and go look for these lizards. And yeah. he would stand there. Like, Eddie Bravo would just watch it and marvel. He'd be like, fuck, man, this dog does this every day. This dog does this every day. I go, this is what he loves to do. And he would go there, and he would have his paws on the wall. And he would, <laughs> and he would go crazy, and he would jump up and try to grab a lizard. And occasionally, he would get one. And he'd be like, fuck, yeah. And he would get one, and he would go looking for another one. And he would go, and he was a pretty big yard. 
So he would go wandering around the yard looking for anything else that fucked up, anything else that was slipping. There was yeah. constantly, unfortunately, twice I had to take him to the hospital because he got bit by rattlesnakes. Because <laughs> rattlesnakes were slipping too, apparently. <laughs> he killed the rattlesnakes, but the rattlesnakes fucked him up. Yeah. He had like a water balloon growing out of the side <laughs> of his head. Both yeah. of my dogs, I, it was, and it, by the way, that's a real problem if you um, don't have the money to pay for the serum. It's super expensive. It was several thousand dollars to treat them for uh, this rattlesnake venom, anti-venom shit. It's like I was like, man, what if I was poor? What if? Yeah, uh, that, that's a whole fucked up system. Like you, they inject horses with the venom, mm -hmm. and then they like get the antibodies from the yep, horses. It's exactly. Like this archaic system. I think my friend uh, Donald Schultz is working on. Diff he's a big snake handler guy. He's working on ways to innovate around that because it's kind yeah. of like a real backwards system that they have how you get anti-venom well yeah. a horse will survive so let's just fucking sort of put the venom in there and then we'll get yeah. the antibodies from the horse and then you know it's it's a weird it's a weird thing how they do it yeah well that's a real problem with people that are vegans if you're a vegan you don't use any animal products and you get bit by a rattlesnake you got two choices <laughs> compromise your morals well that's a wrap yeah you know um but this dog was so goddamn happy mm -hmm. he had missions yeah. You know, he would go out of that yard and he wasn't bored. He was like, please take me for a walk. Come on, man. He was like, see you, dude. I'd open that door. He was gone. Yeah. He just had his little mission. And I think you can see that in the people who are the most unhappy. They seem aimless. Yeah. They're like, what am I here for? Why am yeah. I doing this? Nothing makes sense, you know? Yeah. And I've even felt it in my own life when, you know, I know what my mission here is. First, my mission is to expand human consciousness, to help people be happy. Like, that's really what I find my greatest purpose in but every once in a while I'll get this kind of like fuck people attitude maybe someone said some fucked up shit and I'm like man people fucking suck fuck people and then at that point that's when I'm actually depressed yeah. you know because I've lost my mission instead of having a mission like yes my mission is human consciousness all of a sudden it's like fuck people fuck that mission they'll figure it out and then I'm depressed because I've lost my purpose it's very hard to rise above like literally when something like that happens and realize like oh you've just you're you're encountering one diseased individual you got to yeah, yeah. look at the mass of humanity yeah. like when you encounter one diseased individual it's it's so like this guy who shot up that nightclub in Orlando you're, you're looking at one diseased individual and if you say man people fucking suck look at what they did well look at how many people that are responding with rainbows on their Twitter pages and love and 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 all the best wishes to those folks that got killed and all their I mean I was looking at this guy's page who's a uh, an animal lover who was organizing people to go to the homes of the victims and see if they have pets that are trapped you know there's this beautiful people out there yeah there's no a doubt. lot there's more beautiful people this this is without a doubt not just the safest the easiest this is the happiest time in terms of like being able to like reach out and 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 send love to people and have people send love to you but just occasionally you run into cunts yeah no no and the cunts itself man. but the, the beauty is out there too it's yeah. just not as dramatic and it doesn't impose upon us as mm -hmm. forcefully but we, if we just look it's around all the time we run into good people all the time but you know you just make eye contact with that good person or that kid who's just looking at you and just creeping yeah. with that little smile and you're like oh yeah the good of humanity the fact that you know we really are love 
you know, being expressed, you know, outwardly all the time. And it's just these other delusions that get in the way of that. Well, we're oddly attracted to negativity, too. It's almost like we look at negativity online or that you run into as like a possibility of war. Like, you have to look out, this fucking drum's beating. God damn it, there's an army on the background. They're coming, they're coming. But, you know, it's like this this real impulse to sort of batten down the hatches. When really it's just some fucking 36-year-old loser sitting in his parents' basement, you know, farting and smelling his own farts and angry online. I mean, that's really what a lot of you're dealing with. You're, really, you're dealing with, like, really sick people. Like, people that have just, for whatever reason... They've not found their path. They've not found any happiness. They've not found any fulfillment. They don't found. They haven't found any growth. They're just stifled or rotten in some sort of a weird way. It just hasn't really worked for them. Yeah. And so they're they're lashing out. They're lashing out at the world. And you run into one of those. And you're like, ah, people suck. Yeah. yeah. And that's the initial response. And then the more conscious response is to look at them be and have compassion for that person. Yeah. You know? That's and, hard and to that's, do, right? That is hard to do. And, and our system isn't based upon that. Even if you look at the U.S. penal system, it's very much about punishment. Whereas if you watch that, that uh, documentary that Michael Moore did, Who to Invade Nest, where they go to Norway, they have a whole different idea of what the penal system is for. It's about restoring human dignity and cultivating you know, a, a change, really making change in the person. It's mm. not about punishment. It's about, it's about actually changing that individual so he doesn't do it again. And then you look at the recidivism rates between our prisons and Norway's prisons, and they're just dramatically different. That impulse to punish immediately, you know, is not the healthiest impulse. That's right. just going to create more issues down the road. You're not rehabilitating anybody. You're just taking even more broken people and putting them out in the world and hoping they're not going to do the broken things. Well, it's not going to fucking work. You know, the, the right impulse is always that compassion and looking to see as if that was you, how all of these fucked up elements of the world and choices. I'm not overriding the fact that they had choices in all this. They're not free of guilt. But look at look at that like this is the person that just made some bad choices and had some tough shit to deal with and couldn't overcome it. The resistance in the video game was higher than his skill set and he wasn't able to, to choose to work and choose to... The, the positive elements that would allow them to overcome it, you know? Yeah, see it's, that. It's, it's also Norway's dealing with far fewer people. That's true. You know, and that's, that's a good that's thing true. for them. And it's also, they, they don't have that <clears throat> conquerors mentality that we have. So we, we're so wrapped up in success and also in punishment. I mean, that, that is a big aspect of our culture, like punishment and... I mean, like, when anybody does anything wrong online, the amount of people that feel like it's their job to shame that person and embarrass that person and, and insult that person, it's pretty crazy to watch when something goes yeah. down. It's also it's all so counterproductive, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I see that in the people shaming people for appropriation, right? So let's say, for example, someone wears a headdress at a fucking festival right they're probably mildly they're not doing it to mock the native americans most likely it's probably like a a mild appreciation and interest i think this looks cool i'm in a place and you know and then all of a sudden they get all this intense hate and shame and and <coughs> putting all of this stuff all of these intentions on them that weren't true again going back to my point about morality it's not about the act it's about the intentions of the act but right now we make it all about the act. Oh, you wore this headdress. That means you're insulting thousands of years of Native Americans. You're oppressing, you're appropriating. Like, no, I fucking wasn't. I was wearing no. a fucking hair headdress. But then all of a sudden that imprint will create trauma. And that trauma will have a poisonous impact that will make them feel weird and make them want to do that to other people. So it's like you're in injecting someone with a 
like a hate virus, you know, that they're going to then pass on to other people rather than doing the opposite, you know, spreading the love herpes where yeah. it's this contagious positivity that goes the other way. And we have those choices with how to deal with people, but more often than not. Good to treat other people the way you would like to be treated yourself. It's like a golden rule and there's a reason for it. And that reason is that we're connected in some strange way that we don't totally understand. And unless you are good to other people around you, unless you're kind and friendly and warm and loving, you're not going to enjoy this life. You're just not. You're going to be problems everywhere you go. You're going to have problems everywhere you go. You got to figure out a way to enjoy this life. It's not because of Jesus. It's not because of Moses. It's not because of anybody that may or may not have ever existed. It's because that's how you fit in better in the world. That's how you stay positive. And it doesn't have to be some that was written 5,000 years ago on animal skins. That doesn't have to be the golden rule because it's old. You know, that's dumb. We need to figure out like now today, what what is, you know, the best way to live your life? What is the, you know, there, there's got to be ways where you can be putting forward the most positive energy. I mean, we know objectively what's causing pollution. We know objectively what's causing birth defects and, you know, and are, we're taking in too much chemicals and not enough vitamins. We know objectively all this stuff. We know how to organize our world and yet we don't do it. We know how to organize organize our health and yet very few people do it we know all these things the right path to like being like a happy healthy person is to do all the shit that we already know you're supposed to do take care of your body take care of your health take care of your mind your stress meditate be kind to people we all know that I mean you ask anybody they know how to get by and to be the the the, the most evolved version of you that you can be I mean it's not like a, a magical checklist if you talk to people about it you said okay here you're, you got a person you want to improve them what are the things you're gonna do to them okay well if I was a life coach the first thing I would say is this guy's got to get on a diet that makes him healthy I don't mean a diet just to lose weight I mean just healthy foods in your body M many many vegetables vegetables a lot of good good quality protein a lot of water stop the sodas stop the bullshit start working out your body and get a better sense of like how this machine feels when it's moving it's flowing better there's less tension in it your mind feels like relaxed and, and you enjoy every single moment of the day better step one everybody knows that step right what's step two be cool to people be nice to as many people as you can smile at as many people as you can have them smile back at you tip well when you go to restaurants just do the most you can be as nice as you can you know and just still manage to not have people walk all over you just get through this life as nice as you can what else do what you want to do with your life right don't don't go be doing something you don't enjoy don't do something that's don't get locked into you know a, a car that you can't afford and doing something crazy because you need the money don't don't do that do what you want to do do what the f is it that you really want to do because if someone else is doing it you can do it you know I mean everybody makes their own path through this world but a lot of people don't follow the path that they really f feel pulled to you know, just for whatever reason, they got negative programming. You know, when they were kids, someone told them they couldn't do it or told them to take the shortcut or, or take the, uh, the, the sure route. That's a, a sad thing, man, when you talk to dudes, especially like talented dudes, and they don't follow up with what they want to do, you know? A bunch of people that will say, yeah, well, I have a family, so, you know, it's a great idea for you to just go out there and go crazy. I have people to support. You need to listen. Stop saying that. Stop saying any of those things. Every single person who has ever done anything worthwhile or exceptional or difficult or extraordinary, anyone, whether it's great artists or authors or mathematicians or whatever the f it is, 
everyone encounters difficulties. There is no easy road. It does not exist. It is impossible. Everyone has issues. If you have time to pursue a hobby, if you have time to do anything in your life, you can better yourself. And here's one way you never better yourself. When you come up with excuses for why other people are successful and you're not, that is dangerous. When you give yourself an escape, yeah, well, that's easy for you to say, you know, you do this, you do this, trust me. Everybody has a hard road. I wanted to jump out a window several times during my young life. I wanted to jump in front of a train and just end it because it's too much pressure. Not really. But you know what I'm saying. Theoretically. We all go through hard times. We all go through depression. We all do go through doubt and, and, and moments in your life where it's really f difficult and you're trying to figure out what the f your path is going to be. It's hard as sh But... Stefan and I were talking about this before the podcast starts, that that is what makes you a person. And those difficult moments are what build your character. Show me a great man who's the son of a great man. And that's what we're saying. These kids that are born billionaires, you're f***ed. You're f***ed. You're never going to be a self-made person. You have a backup trust for your backup trust for your trust. And you're f***ed. Man, I'm fascinated by martial arts. I'm fascinated by comedy. I'm fascinated by many, many different things. I don't understand when people say they're bored. Because if I had the time to live a hundred lives, I'd be speaking different languages. I'd be living in different countries. I would, I would try a number of different careers. Because I think there's a lot of unbelievably fascinating, puzzling, complex things that you could study in this world. Mm. That's just me and my personality, but that's a personality also that I've cultivated over years of Were challenges. Were you like that as a kid, too? Well, I was involved in martial arts very early, yeah. and I think that is one of the things that motivated me to uh, explore difficult tasks. Because through difficult tasks, you learn an incredible amount about yourself, and you through through the fire of competition, you get to understand... You get to understand motivation, you get to understand the resistance that you have inside your mind to doing hard work, mm. you get to understand the rewards of discipline. Like, you don't truly appreciate relaxation unless you've worked hard. Mm. And that is the yin and the yang of life. And I've said this to, to the point of people getting sick of it, but one of the worst decisions a man can make, I can only speak for men, obviously, um, is to be comfortable. I don't think you should try to be comfortable. I think what you should try to do is try to earn comfort. Mm. And if you if you can get a day off where you, you, you've worked hard and you've, you've accomplished goals, that day off will be so sweet. When I work hard and I sit in front of the TV, I enjoy the shit out of it. I put my feet up. I have a nice drink. You know, I, I enjoy my free time. one of those chairs time. that nids your back or something like that? I do that. have one of those. Do you really? Those are great. They're yeah. great, right? Yeah. I don't use it that much, though. Honestly, I'm more of a workaholic than I should be, probably. If, if the, the balance was, I probably should relax more than I do, but I never feel like I earned it. But that's part of the reason why why when I do feel like I earned it I can enjoy it it's because I am more connected to the idea that I need to to accomplish things mm. and to and, in, and it's not, not like for anybody else's benefit other than my own or anybody else's approval other than my own I just when I have a task whether it's uh, I today I'm gonna write a thousand words you know or 2,000 or whatever the number is if I don't do that I don't I'm not I write things down like I'll write down a list of things that get accomplished that day and if I don't accomplish that I'll get sick like I'll it'll drive me f crazy if I can't fill out that list that drives me nuts you know but 
that's what led me to be a championship level martial artist. Mm. That's what led me to achieve. The, it's like that. It's the reinforcement of those goals, like understanding that the, you can achieve those goals. It's going to be difficult. You're going to push through the difficulty, and then you're going to understand what difficulty truly is, and how much of it is just mental, how much of it is just in your mind. This adversity to to uh, difficult task or to struggle. You know, and a lot of people have that. They're scared. They're scared of of complications. They're scared of of failure. Failure is a big one that people are afraid of. But failure is one of the most important things you could ever have, as far as like the motivation to do things differently.、Mm. One of the reasons why I think that I'm good at friendships and relationships is because I've failed at them in the past. One of the things that I'm good at comedy is because I've bombed on stage. One of the reasons why I'm good at work. Is because I've been a worker in the past, and I know the the feeling of failure, the feeling of、uh, of shame, of being like a weak, non motivated, lazy person. It's a weak feeling. It's、mm. a you don't respect yourself, you know. And I have this phrase that I use all the time to people to to try to motivate people. I say that be the hero in your own movie. Pretend that if、mm. your life was a movie and your life started now, what would the hero do? What would the person that you respect do? What would the person that you admire, person that inspires you, what would they do? Well, do that. And if you do that, you slowly build momentum. You like today. I did what I wanted to do. Today, I started a class in yoga. I did this. I did all these things that I was saying I wasn't going to do, and now I feel momentum. And、yeah. momentum is a very important. Point in people's lives. That's why some folks don't like to take days off because they feel like they're losing momentum and they sort of have to restart the wheel up again after a vacation. And there's a lot of folks that live life on a cushy cloud of marshmallows and bullshit. And then one day something goes wrong. And I mean that's why spoiled kids are so sad. Like a spoiled young boy is one of the saddest things ever. A young boy that becomes a man and can't take care of himself, and his dad has to keep on rescuing him. His dad has to keep on bailing him out of situations and giving him money. I've met guys like that, and that is a crippling affliction. When they don't have the character themselves to be able to get by in life, they constantly need someone to help them and bail them out. Even as a grown man, I've met guys in their forties that still need help from their parents. I'm like, what the f- man? You're never gonna get it right because somewhere along the line, they didn't face enough of the adversity to realize that there's sometimes you just gotta get up and get shit done. There's sometimes we have to f- pull yourself up and you have to push forward, even if you want to stay in bed. And if you don't do that, and you just keep calling on your daddy, and your daddy keeps rescuing you, you never develop those tools. You never develop that ability to recognize what you're doing wrong with your life, because you're you're soft. You got a cushiony. You got a safety net. A safety net for your safety net. Say if you had like a 20-year-old, and he's just a doper, where he wake and bakes and doesn't get anything done. He's just always like hanging out with his friends and playing video games, and he's just a loser. I I, I wish there was a way. You could show someone like that. Like, I know that you're getting some comfort and satisfaction out of just laying around, doing nothing, eating, getting fat. But your life would feel better and richer if you had a goal. You chase that goal. You accomplish some things. You would get this boost of confidence. You'd get this boost of self-esteem. Like whatever it is that you're into doing. Maybe you're into drawing comic books. Maybe you're into、uh, making pottery or sculptures or. But find whatever the f- that is and pursue that. Instead of doing nothing, like the people that are doing nothing, those are the real people. I mean, look, doing something might be as simple as like that Alex Honnold guy. He just climbs rocks. 
but he's world class rock climber. Though. It's something. But and it's also a goal of his, of yeah. his, and he's also the best at it. Right? Yes. Yeah. But those those people who smoke pot all day and do that, those are also the guys who hate on Joe Rogan for being in shape. You know what I'm saying? Or being disciplined, or get on Kevin Hart's Instagram and hate on. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't. It's it's their own insecurities. I see what you're saying, but I I would assume they would get motivated by seeing other people do something with their lives. Like that should be motivating, not. Yeah, but if you grew up, if you grew up with losers, and you're around a bunch of people with shitty attitudes, especially if it's in your household, <clears throat> I was very lucky that uh, both my mom and my stepdad, they're not, they're not, they're the least hater people I've ever met in my life. They're just not haters in any way. Like if someone's doing well, they're always like, "Wow, look at this guy," or like, "Wow, look at her," yeah, or "Wow, look at him." There was never any hate in my house. In terms of uh, other people's success, but if you grow up with a dad, and your dad's like, "Yeah, these, all these rich assholes," this, he thinks she's a badass, and this, you know, these people that look at other people's success, and instead of saying, "Wow, that guy did a lot of work," like the way I'm a successful person, but the way I look at Kevin Hart, he exhausts me, you know, or The Rock, those guys exhaust me. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like I feel lazy next to those guys. Like they do so much. Like those guys are so. Overbearingly ambitious, you know. But some people they see that and they compare themselves and they don't like it, so they can start getting really shit. And it's like a natural feeling to try to chip away at that person. The worst people that you know are the people that don't have a good self judge. That yeah. everything they do is awesome. Yeah. Those never grow anywhere. Right. I mean, that's a huge issue with comedy. Um, when you run into people that have a terrible comedy sets but think they did great. Like we would always, Greg Fitzsimmons and I would always talk about that with, with like open micers. Like there's people that hear phantom laughs, like they think they're doing great, and they have this delusional self opinion where everything they do is awesome. They don't know why they're not successful already. They don't don't know why they're not famous. And those people, I believe, I mean, in some sort of a weird narcissistic way, you could look at it this way: that those people are there to teach you. This is the consequences of not. Feeling that awful feeling when you fail. I was talking to Burr um, a couple weeks ago. He did a set at the Comedy Store, and I saw part of it. It was uh, he was killing. And then I ran into him in the hallway, and uh, I go, "Oh man, main room show was great, right?" And he goes, "Yeah." up at the end though I tried to hang in there too long the last bit bombed like he was just it was rotten at him that the last bit like he goes I f***ing hung in there too long I should have got off with it a bit before that yeah. and like but you know when I was in there he was f***ing killing yeah. you know but that wasn't in his mind the success was not in his mind this the what was like okay Whatever that happened at the end, don't do that again. Right, you know, right. but that's why he's Bill Burr. That's yeah. why he's really good. You're alone with your thoughts. You get an idea of what your thoughts actually are. If you live your life just acting constantly on the momentum of other people's expectations of you wanting to be liked by these other people, you can run into a trap, and you 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 set up a life that you didn't really want. You're 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 trapped in this situation where you have a mortgage, you've got credit card bills, you got student loans you have to pay, you have a bunch of shit going on that you have to continue to feed, and all that, and especially if you have a family and you have to feed them. Oh my goodness! Then you're fully locked in. You can't take any chances whatsoever. And oftentimes people make the mistake of getting stuck, and it is just a tactical mistake, just like it would be a mistake if you got stuck on a video game. 
Just like it would be a mistake if you followed a map incorrectly and you get stuck in the woods. Your life is certainly some sort of a journey. It's certainly some sort of a journey. And we have to all be aware that when we're making journeys, we're not going to always make the right steps. And sometimes you have to back up and try again. And if you're in a position where you can't back up and try again, you've trapped yourself. And the system will set out honeypots for people to get trapped in. The system will set out the ideas of retirement, the ideas of the golden years, providing you benefits, providing you a healthy work environment. Why? Well, because they want people to work for them. They don't want people to realize their own dreams and escape. But those that's a pain in the ass. So you got to hire more people and train them. And they want to set it up so that you stick around. You stick around in some sort of an unsatisfying world. It's up to you to see that video game problem, to see that issue as it comes up on the map. And no, no, I think this is a right turn to see all the problems that could potentially lay in front of you and calculate your your future and then also look around all the people that didn't do it and look at the misery that they're in and learn that you don't want to be like them and then look at the people that are have kind of taken chances and navigated their way what do they do differently than you what 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 objectivity do they have that maybe you lack what insight into their own mistakes are they willing to delve into that you're not that you step back and you go you know I don't don't I just don't want to look at myself that closely but the person who's able to look at themselves the closest is going to get the more rational results. One of the things that's causing this funk that people are in is that we're living our lives, many of us at least, in these very unfulfilling ways where you're going to this office with artificial light and you're doing something you don't want to do all day long and then you get home and you're tired. And on top of that, you're eating sh You're eating potato chips and you're drinking soda and your body is just like, what in the f is this we're supposed to be out in the fields we're supposed to be walking up hills we're supposed to be looking for animals or gathering vegetables we're supposed to be doing all these things that our body's designed to do we're supposed to be in nature yeah and nature is like a medicine like it literally is a medicine to you like no, people no. people that go you don't have to go hunting you don't have to go fishing just go f hike man just go hike up to the top of a mountain and look out you know, there's a reward that you get from that that is intensely, like, soul-filling. Mm -hmm. There's, like, something about, like, when I was in Colorado, and there was this um, this area of Boulder where you drive up one of these roads, and there was this area where you could park, and it was this incredible view, man. And these people just park and just go out there and just look. But you get there, and you park, and you go, Because you would see, you're, you're literally seeing the Continental Divide these snow-capped mountains in July yeah. in July it's covered with snow for whatever reason uh, most people their associations are to avoid anything that's uncomfortable but it's so illogical because when you look at comfort and you look at success and progress and the eventual the feelings of of accomplishment and of getting past certain hurdles and in, in terms of like how you feel about life a lot of those are connected to discomfort like discomfort is your friend it really is like discomfort and uh, and not being happy and content with certain situations in life or certain feelings in life they're massive massive motivators and they're they're amazing at, at facilitating change and yet are instinct is to avoid those and just sit on the couch and watch some reality show about dudes who make moonshine with our jaw open like it's, it's bizarre